Oh, wow. Mini Pearl. Yes. What do you think? I think you ought to cut that tag off your hat. Yes. I have a question for you. All right. How did we as a nation allow hee-haw to happen? <laughs> I was not condoning that. I'll tell you. I was too young to do anything about it. Yeah, but I no, I didn't like that. But everything had a variety show back then. The Muppets were a variety show. Yeah. Yep. True. Yep. And uh, there were even country variety shows. Yes, Glenn Campbell had one. Yep. Yeah. And uh, didn't they do something from the Grand Ole Opry once a year, oh, yeah. it seemed like? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, we are here today to talk about an offshoot of Yacht Rock called Yacht Country. Yacht Country. Or I like to call it Yacht Rock. Nice. Yes. And so you've done a little digging and some research. Um, we sort of fell in love with the, at least I did, fell in love with the subgenre. I don't know, a few months ago we started discovering mm-hmm. more and more of this stuff. There was a Facebook post where somebody asked us to do an episode on right. this. And right. uh, people were adding in their favorites. I was discovering new gems. And then we created a playlist. Yes, we, we did. We created a Radio show, Catch of the Day. Right. And it ended up being my favorite playlist for a while. Really interesting to just let it play. I, you know, I didn't expect that either. Yeah, I know. Well, I, and I have this, I feel like there's two categories. So before we get into your background, okay. on, I feel like there's two, maybe a third category, two categories of whatever you want to call it, yacht country. One is you have an explicit country artist that is clearly doing yacht rock, like not twangy. It's right. just Yacht Rock. They okay. might have their drawl or whatever, and maybe some of the instrumentation is brought in, but I'm thinking of like the Glenn Campbell Tanya Tucker song, right, that we Correct. featured before. Yeah, why don't we just sleep on, on it, it tonight. tonight? Right. Or what's okay. the Dolly Parton one about the fool? Let me see. Some kind of fool? Yeah. Any kind of fool? Same old fool. There Same it is. Old <laughs> <laughs> We're going back two weeks to our fools episode here. Uh, apologies that Michael McDonald was not on the show. Yeah, he couldn't make it. So there's that branch of it, right? right? There's okay. like there's clearly a yacht rock. I'm sorry, a country artist doing yacht rock intentionally, even though it wasn't yacht rock at the time. Then there's this other branch for me anyway, where it's like there's these country songs that went mainstream or country artists that went mainstream with more of a pop hit mm-hmm. that evokes the same feelings that Yacht Rock does for me. So we remember the five stages of Yacht Rock and the second one was nostalgia. Right. So you hear a song and you're like, oh my God, I remember this song. If this category is something like Let Your Love Flow by Bellamy Brothers. Just let your love flow Right. Right. I don't know that that's yachty, but it's a country song that went mainstream that feels nostalgic. Yeah, and has a little bit of a kitsch to it, so that kind of makes it fit yep. somehow. It's got a little skip. I wouldn't call yeah. it the doobie bounce, no. but it's got a little skip to it. So, it isn't typically country. And I'll give right. you an example with one artist I think does does this, which is, there's the Eddie Rabbit Yacht Rock song, right? The, I mean, that's like the one, if you if you start with Yacht Country, right? Suspicions is the one. Exactly. Yeah. Which we should talk a little bit more about that, because I've researched the personnel a okay. more closely. But... There's no question that that's Yacht Rock, right? When you listen to it, I mean, Absolutely. Um, the purists may say, well, it's not technically because of this or that. But I'll bet it's, it's rated highly. Yeah. It is. It's over a 50, okay. I believe. That's high enough. Yep. And then, um, but then he's got, you know, a couple other hits like, um, what I know there's the uh, Love of Rainy Night. That's yeah. not the one I'm thinking step of. By step by step. step. Right. Step by step, though, is not, I don't feel like that feels yachty, but no. it's got some kitsch to it. 
Yeah. It's a little closer to country, but it's got this nostalgic feel. Like it when feels I more it. like West Coast than it does country, and so I think that's where it kind of loosely relates. Yep. And then Love a Rainy Night, I think, is pretty twangy. So yeah, right. not, But not country. Anyway, really. No, Eddie Rabbit was something other than country. It's kind of, I don't right. know exactly what it was, but... And then the last this branch that I'll just throw out there, because I don't think this exists or should exist, but this is a country song that for some reason gets thrown in with Yacht Rock. And the two examples I have are Amy, mm-hmm. by Pure Prairie League. Right. I don't think that's Yachty at all. Nope. And then <laughs> I keep hearing the uh, uh, Afternoon Delight yeah, by the Starlin Vocal Band. Yeah. It's like, why does that get in? That's so country and not Yachty at because, all. Because uh, I maybe subject matter, which... You know, but it's just got a silliness about it, maybe yeah. because of the twist on the subject matter. For some reason, novelty stuff has a way of gravitating its way into the yacht. Yep, very true. Well, so how do you think we got to this point? Because you have some historical yeah. references. Yeah, country. Um, I guess the, clo- the, the it's all started with uh, the term countrypolitan, which we've mentioned before. And countrypolitan was sort of a... Um, well, it's a combination of country and metropolitan. So it was a, a city-ifying, if that's even a word, mm-hmm. uh, of country music. And that, that kind of started in the 60s, uh, early 70s. And that was where they would be country artists, but they were doing their stuff much more to be mainstream. And so they were incorporating orchestration, strings, and even horns and stuff like that. That wasn't typically part of the country thing. I mean, Glenn Campbell is the example yeah. of country politan for sure. Um, you know, Nashville had its own sound. There was like the Nashville sound. Mm-hmm. The Nashville sound was the most commercial of country music. And then there was the Bakersfield sound, more California. Mm. And that kind of evolved a little more into... I guess what we'd call outlaw country now. So people that came out of maybe the Bakersfield side would be more like a Travis Tritt and hmm. a uh, uh, Dwight Yoakam. Um, whereas the Nashville sound became a lot more um, pop, the pop country thing. So it's funny. I found this quote that uh, Chet Atkins said. He was asked what the Nashville sound was, and he stuck his hand in his pocket and jingled his change around. <laughs> and he said, that's the Nashville sound. It's the sound of making money. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, if you think they're trying to be cosmopolitan or metropolitan, probably to make a buck, right? Yeah. Exactly. And Nashville's always been very, very commercial. People complain, and myself included, that country music kind of Nashville is just, you know, it's not, it's pop music with sung with a drawl now, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Nashville take on it has always been the most commercialized of it. So if we follow that branch of it, you know, um, some of the artists that came out of there were Tammy Wynette. You mm-hmm. know, she's considered country politan, at least early part of her career. You know, Charlie Rich, Charlie Pride, uh, George Jones. Mm-hmm. But then, of course, Glenn Campbell would probably be the biggest one. And as we said, the Bakersfield sound is more the Merle Haggard kind of darker, grittier side. Real quick on Glenn Campbell before we go along. So just in case anyone isn't as familiar as maybe an old timer like you, um, hits include Rhinestone Cowboy. Right? Yeah, by the time I get to Phoenix, Southern Wichita, Nights, yeah, Wichita Lineman's big one. Um, Southern Nights has a little cool little bounce to it. Yeah, that was written by Alan Toussaint, so he was mm. more of a New Orleans gumbo kind of thing. So that's where that bounce comes from, and, mm. it, and it is you know some of that is l- loosely related to the halftime shuffle. Yeah, you know, yep, that Alan Toussaint feel. So now you know as we move forward into the the seventies and eighties, you know there was. Um, 
these these singers that were doing the country pop and eventually evolved into what we maybe know more as country pop. Mm-hmm. You know, or the term that was really popular at the time was uh, crossover country. Mm. You know, that was probably where. Alabama and uh, Ronnie Millsap and some of these Oak artists. Boys, were, maybe? Yeah, they mm-hmm. were all, they were getting a lot of play even on pop stations, even though they were still country artists, and it was called uh, Crossover Country. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's probably where you'd best put Eddie Rabbit. Right. Yep. And then there's some that did both. Like, we should talk. I mean, I don't know where you, how far you want to jump ahead, but uh, Alabama, for example, they are pure country, but we found some that are mm-hmm. totally yachty. Well, we've we've mentioned in some other episodes about how these different genres, whether it was the jazz genre or now we're going to talk about the country genre, had they were sharing or taking ideas from the stuff that we know now as Yacht Rock, which was the West Coast AOR. They were taking some of those ideals and saying, well, how can we apply some of this? I mean, country music has always had some sort of shared ideals with what we call Yacht Rock. I mean, it was particularly when we're getting into the 70s and 80s, it was... Um, a lot of clean, very clean recordings, very mm-hmm. pristine recordings, lots of lush harmonies. Um, they were always using very high-level musicians. In fact, did you know that they even uh, the Nashville Sound even had their own set of session cats? Did they? Yeah, they were called the Nashville A-Team. And um, mostly Nashville guys, but there were a couple of guys that actually shared time with uh, in the L.A. scene. And one of them is Joe Osborne on bass. Okay. Larry London, drummer, who played on all the early uh, England Dan, John Ford Coley stuff. So mm. you can kind of hear that connection, how that might connect a little bit to the Yacht Country, their sound. Well, this actually, real quick, takes me back to um, Suspicions by Eddie Rabbit. Because you mentioned earlier that for the rest of that album, it had a certain set of musicians. And then the yes. one song one had song. a different set. And so is one of those guys that had crossover uh, Tim May. Do you know? I don't recognize that name. Because no. Tim May plays on the song, Suspicions, with the electric guitar, that little plucka plucka that you hear, right? Yeah, which is another one of those things that is shared between country and yacht rock, yep. is that palm-muted plucky thing. Listen to some of his credits, though. Um, All Night Long, Lionel Richie, a uh, bunch of Pointer Sister stuff, Pages, mm. Randy Crawford, yeah, and he played guitar on Herb Elpert's Rise. Wow. What was his name? Tim May? Tim May. So just other quick thing on personnel on that song, um, to your earlier point. So the flute on there is played by Ernie Watts. Mm -hmm. It's getting pretty yachty now. Yes, yes. And I believe the bass is David Hungate. Yes, it is. Yeah, I think it is. Yep. That's a pretty yachty lineup. Yes, it is. And that's why that song sounds nothing like the rest of the record. But anyway, I digress. So what else was happening at the time? Uh, You know, culturally... You know, if we're talking about the things that are crossing over, it means that it's crossing out of its niche into more of a mainstream area. And so it wasn't just because some of these songs were ending up on the pop charts, which did happen, of course, and we'll get to some of that. But also in the later 70s, Western fashion became in vogue. You know, people were wearing cowboy Mm. boots and they were wearing, you know, suede vests. And it was very much, we saw that in movies, you know, Urban Cowboy, Mm -hmm. 1980 was Urban Cowboy. 1980 also had Coal Miner's Daughter. Urban Cowboy, by the way, was very countrypolitan. Yes, (laughs) definitely. Um, Honeysuckle Rose, which is a Willie Nelson film, 1980 again. Um, A song called, or a movie called Songwriter, 1984, which was Willie Nelson and Chris Christofferson. So there was a lot of that happening. Yep. Dukes of Hazzard and everything. You know? <laughs> so th- this whole country thing was very, very mainstream. So it only made sense 
that musically we were starting to get some cross-pollination. Yes, for sure. It, yeah, and cross-pollination, you start to – did I say that right? Cross-pollinization, you borrow elements from the adjacent genres, yes. right? It only makes sense. I would say that even some of the early proto-yacht, pre-yacht artists are often folk-related. You know, you think like a Loggins and Messina. Mm-hmm. I guess Crosby, Stills, and Nash, some people put some of their stuff nearby, America nearby. You know, some of the strum stuff that people argue about certainly has its roots in more of a folky approach, which would, again, be something that maybe is a bridge between country and yacht. So Eagles. It makes sense. Eagles yeah. is a good example. Yeah. When people want to yell at me for trying to get Eagles on the boat, they always say it's too country, which I don't hear country so much as I hear what did you describe earlier, like the the West Coast yeah. jangle. I, yeah. I don't know. It's it's not To me, it's not country, but... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If I'm not, hopefully I'm not interrupting a trade of thought, but no. a couple things that I, other things that they borrow are we mentioned personnel, but um, you know the nitty gritty dirt band, yeah, right? They're a country band, yep. And we sure. featured them on our right catch of the dish show. Let's do a little make a little magic and see if you recognize the female voice here. Don't want to hear about the others, something here we should discover. Let's make a don't remember who that was. I know we had this on our radio show. I don't remember. Was it Nicolette Larson? Oh, it was Nicolette okay. Larson, 1980. So you're borrowing personnel. Yep. And then if I could throw one other example in here, yep. make you play one other tune because it's so good in Yachty. Hit it. I mentioned Alabama. A little bit of take me down and tell me who you think this, <laughs> if you could pull this out of your rear end, a Yacht Rock band that I know you know, who does this sound like when you hear take me down? You're the one who took my hand. Could understand you're the one who moves me like nobody else can. Is it exile? Yes. Oh my gosh. That song was written actually and recorded by well, it's written by Mark Gray and JP Pennington, who are essentially exile. And they recorded it in nineteen eighty, went nowhere, and Alabama killed it in eighty two. So you're taking songs, you know, yeah. you're taking personnel, you're taking styles, so Back to the word I can't pronounce, cross-pollinization is everywhere. Cross-pollination? That too. Yeah. Both. Okay, well, I've got one for you then. Um, as, as we're relating some of these country-politan artists and how they maybe connect to yacht rock, doesn't mean that the song is yachty, but we're trying to draw the connection. Anne Murray was typically mm-hmm. a country artist. Um, 1973, she did an album called Danny's Song in which the first track on the album was Danny's Song. I knew that. And it went to number 39 on the pop albums in number four country. Wow. As a single, that song went all the way to number seven pop, Ann Murray's version. And even though we ain't got money, I'm so in love with you, honey. Everything will bring a chain of love, love. And it also got her a Grammy nomination for... Uh, best female pop 
pop vocal performance in the uh, Grammys of 1974, and she lost out, interestingly, to Roberta Flack's Killing Me Softly, ah. which happens to be Anne Murray's had that song, Killing Me Softly, as the second song on the Dandy's uh, right. So I knew she album. did a version of that. Yeah, and it was the second song on the same very album that she got knocked out by. Do you have the entire track listing for that album? Because she also did a cover going back to Loggins and Messina being country. I just added this to our playlist, um, our yacht, our, sorry, our yacht country playlist. It's a buried treasure that I forgot all about. I should save it for lightning round, but I'm not going to. Uh, Love song by Loggins and Messina. Is it on that oh, record? Oh, let me see here. I'm I'm scrolling. I'm doing this live, even though uh, we're not doing this live. Oh my goodness, she has a lot of stuff. I'm back to 1991. I'm working my way back to you, and um, here we go. It's not on that album. So she does a cover of that. In you want a blast from the past that's pure butter. It might not be yacht rock, and the way Danny song's not yacht rock, but love song is so good. 1974. Here, I'm going to hit a little of that. I want to sing you a love song. I want to rock you in my arms all night long. So I would have to say that now my memory banks are telling me that it's the Anne Murray version that I remember as a kid. Probably. Yeah. But I like the Loggins and Messina version way better. Yeah. Hmm. And they wrote it. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. 1971, they did it. Very cool. Um, <laughs> since we're playing this game, mm. I had an interesting note. Um, we talked about Glenn Campbell, and he was the, the epicenter of... Countrypolitan. He'd probably be the center of the Countrypolitan universe if we ever did that. Yep. Um, but 1974, he did a song called Houston, I'm Coming to See Ya. You familiar? No. Well, here's a little of that. Houston. Today. So you remember that one a little I bit, I do, right? yeah, now that you hear it, yeah. Written by David Page. No kidding. Yeah, and the orchestra arranged by Marty, Marty Page. And the band was part Wrecking Crew, so mm. we had like Hal Blaine on drums, but also David Page on piano and Dean Parks on acoustic guitar, so it was part Yachty, part wow. Wrecking. I thought I'd make a rhyme there, but it <laughs> didn't work out. <laughs> part Yachty, yeah. Interesting. Huh. All right, well, you got any more history there? Or I have a couple other tracks that I wanted to th- throw at you. Well, I was going to say, um, do you remember, by the way, a term Detroit country? You familiar with the term I, I Detroit do. country? Yeah, but I'm, I don't yeah. remember the history of that. Well, I don't know how it connects, but it's an interesting part of the country history is that um, the, in the, the 50s, 60s, into the 70s, when um, Detroit was really, really booming with the auto industry, a lot of laborers were coming up from the south and coming to get the jobs up here. Mm-hmm. And because there were so many people coming from the South that the bar owners saw that as an opportunity to service that. And so that's why there was such a strong country music presence in Detroit, even though seemingly it doesn't make sense because Detroit considered much more of a, an urban kind of demographic. So you would actually have like right outside the Chrysler plant or the Ford plant, you would have maybe an R&B bar or jazz bar, you know, typically a black clientele. Mm-hmm. Right next door, you would have the country bar 
where all the white guys would go or the guys that came up from the south. Yeah. And so there had to be some fusion of that going on too. I mean, what, maybe good and bad probably, yeah. you know. But I think that's kind of an interesting thing why Detroit – you wouldn't think of Detroit as being a stronghold for country music, yet it was. Right. Well, what's interesting too, I was going to bring this up. I didn't know how to work it in, but so maybe this is the opportunity, is that there's a long history of what you would consider white artists co-opting what is traditionally black style of music. So dating way back to yeah, Elvis. Rock and roll. Right. There you go. <clears throat> right? Exactly. So Elvis was considered, you know, he was the, the, the white uh, little Richard or whatever, yeah, right? right? Mm-hmm. And all the way fast forward to guys like Eminem going into the rap Yes. So, but you're seeing some of that with this too. Is you're they're co-opting a little bit of funkiness right. at times into country music. Yes, which goes back to that. I'm thinking of Urban Cowboy, that movie yeah. again, where it's this clash of cultures that somehow work together. And that's what's happening to me in Suspicions, which we're calling probably the the center of the uh, yeah, yes. country uh, sound. Yeah. Um, yeah. So a few artists that kind of came to mind for me. I know we have a list of songs that we've been kind of working from, but. Um, Interestingly, Kenny Rogers came up, and uh, he had a song in 1982 called Fool in Me. And, of course, the word fool caught my attention, so yes. I had to listen to it. I'm like, okay, I could hear where this loosely connects. Written by Dave Loggins and Randy Goodrum. That's you know, right. So Yachty guys, at least you know, Randy, David is sort of maybe tangently related. But um, you know, other artists, we, we had mentioned Ann Murray, Juice Newton, Eddie Rabbit we mentioned, Crystal Gale. Mm-hmm. Remember, Olivia Newton-John started as a country artist and yeah. then moved into closer to the Yachty area. Um, Charlie Daniels was very, not Yachty, but a, another example of country gone extremely mainstream. Ronnie Millsap. And so these are just a few names that I kind of had bouncing around in my head this week. Well, and I'm I'm kicking myself that two weeks ago we did a whole Fools episode without the fool in me in it. Because it's, yeah. it's Yachtier than... Even Santiago Midnight Lady. I would that, say so, yeah. That we had on, on a, was it Yacht Shockers? How did that come up recently? <sighs> I don't know, but it did. It did. It, yeah, so anyways. Um, well, the artist that probably, here's the most, maybe mo- the most prolific artist in this subgenre that we're saying is a thing, is Pure Prairie League. Yes. We've talked about, you know, Let Me Love You Tonight, and what's the other... Um, can't stop this feeling. Yeah, I went back and looked at some of that stuff. I noticed that you had something in the the list from the next album after that, and I went and explored the album before that. You know, so you you could see that it wasn't a one off. They were no. kind of working their way towards it, and they they kept with it a bit. They did. So again, I'll throw away Amy, but Amy's on our playlist yeah, because that that's away. country. But again, fool, fool. <laughs> How do you miss How a double miss whammy? That? The double fool. <laughs> right. Uh, Restless Woman. Mm-hmm. Off that, I don't know mm-hmm. which album is which. And then uh, Still Right Here in, what is that? Still Right Here in My Heart, 1981. Yeah. So that's from the album after the uh, Firing Up, which had uh, Okay. Let Me Love You Tonight. Well, can you play a little of something? Uh, I'm sorry. Um, can you say it? The album is something in the night. Still Right Here in My Heart. Nice job. Here it goes. Thank you. So that feels closer to the country. Definitely. But has some elements. Right. Then contrast that with Restless Woman. Here we go. 
Kind of feels like uh, some of that Terrence Boylan stuff. It does, doesn't yeah. it? There's times when I'm listening to Pure Prairie League, like a song like that, where I'm like, I don't hear any country at right. all, right? Except for right. maybe Vince Gill's voice is recognizable. But well, while we're at it, let's uh, hit a little bit of Fool Fool. <laughs> Might as well. So that's more of a smooth country thing, but uh, I like it. But it's not country country, though. No, I don't it's think. not. No, it's not. Yeah. So anyways, what's your final verdict on two questions? Is okay. yacht country a thing in your mind? B, do you like it? And I guess a third part, how close do you associate it to Yacht Rock? I'll go with B first. I really like this area that we've been talking about. Yeah. Um, is there a, such a thing as yacht country? Yeah, but it's a very small sliver. I think a lot of the stuff we covered is not. But I, you could see how there's a bridge between country and some of the stuff that is inside the yacht pool. And I think we talked about mostly you know, how it bridges together, and that's what a lot of these songs are. Uh, but I really – I think that uh, I would say yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's a thing I really like. Well, and it's not just, like we said earlier, it's not just country that was dipping their toes into the, the ocean, right? right? All these other, I mean, we had Art Garfunkel. Yeah. Um, who else? I mean, we've got uh, Elton John was doing Yacht Rock. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody tried to convince me there was a Queen song out there. I don't know if I agree with that. Yeah, I'm not all in on that one. I know what, the, what song that is, but I'm not all in on that. Uh, Sarah Vaughn, jazz yeah. artist doing Yacht Rock. Well, we've also... It's obviously closer related, and there's a larger set of songs that fits in. But you know, moving into the R and B direction or the disco direction, eventually you reach a point where it's no longer, or where it was R and B, and you know, there's obviously a bridge area between that and the stuff that falls inside. Um, but there's stuff that's pure disco that maybe still shares some elements, yeah. but it's definitely not yacht rock. And yeah, I know people like to talk about a yacht disco thing, mm-hmm. um, but then that's no different than what we're talking about, I guess, with yacht countries, where exactly. that line is blurry. Exactly. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right. Well, I guess let's get into. Uh, I'm going to have you go first in the lightning round okay. because it turns out that you did steal the fool in me, which was my. You got to run out to the library boat. and yep. do some research. Yep. I'm, yep. So give me a few hours and you hold on the fort. Till, okay. Until then. Well, I'm going to start with um, a song from Exile. Exile was a band that um, started off maybe having a little bit of disco underpinnings and then went a lot more towards the. 
the country thing. In 1980, they had an album called Keeping It Country. Um, at least that's what it was called on Spotify. If I <laughs> looked it up looking for a vinyl copy of it, it was called Don't Leave Me This Way. So it's obviously something that's been uh, repackaged. But I want to get your opinion on a song from that album, 1980, as I said. And this is called You're Good For Me. That definitely floats my boat. Yes. It's, yeah, in a big way. It's got those uh, Michael Amartian sounding keyboards, man. Stint, uh, synth stacks playing the Yachty chords. Yep. Dig that. And it's theme appropriate because we just talked about earlier how they wrote the Take Me Down Tonight in that elevated. Yeah. yeah. They had another tune on there that was um, on that same album that was kind of Yachty, also called uh, Nobody's Hero. So that's one worth checking out. And then if you're a Trojan horser, they have a song called Smooth Sailing. So, <laughs> oh, geez, yeah, you might like that one just because of the title. Yeah, sure. All right. Well, let me ask you if this floats your boat. You might have a history lesson on this. Ooh. Um, maybe not though. But I'm going to hit you with. Uh, I think it's theme appropriate. Jennifer Warren's. Oh right, yeah. Right time of the night. Very good. Let's hit that. Yeah, I had forgotten about that song. That's one of those AC Gold classics yes. that comes up and really... Um, you said there was a history lesson to be learned there? Well, it was done prior, and I'm assuming originally by Reba McIntyre. Oh. I think like okay. as early as 67 or something. Wow. Yeah, so that definitely gives it a strong country connection. No, 1977. I'm sorry. But still. So Reba McIntyre okay. did her version. And, uh, hmm. Well, I would say, does it float my boat in a yacht country way? Yes. yes. Would it be in my standard yacht rock playlist? Probably not, but, uh, <laughs> but definitely in this context. Interestingly, all of my songs could be in any category because none of them are probably yacht, true yacht. Uh, I have all what I Other think. Other than suspicions. Suspicions. But I mean for the uh, lightning round. Okay. They're all, none of them are yacht. Um, they're all kind of buried treasures and... Uh, Mine are kind of that way, too. I mean, that, that Exile tune is definitely Yachty, but the other stuff I have yeah. is not. It's more of the tangent connection. Off the map, you might say? Yes. So they're kind of all off the map, too. So I'll give you an example, because I'll do Buried Treasure okay. next. And this is a song that I had forgotten about. It's by Michael Johnson, which we didn't even cover. Oh, jeez. How did we forget Michael Johnson in this? We didn't cover. Did you hear my pun? Uh, yeah. Oh, all he does is cover other people's music. Yeah, Bill Labonte. Bill Labonte. How right. could we miss that? I know. Well, he's got good taste, I guess. Yes, he does. In men. Um, so, <laughs> what, have I said too much? <laughs> so, he's got a couple Yachty tunes here. Let me just yes, rifle off what's in our playlist sure. before I get to the... So, Dancing Tonight, we featured on our radio show. Yeah, I like that got one. Kind of I like his version a lot. Totally Yachty, too. Yeah. Not country at all. He's got This won't, This Night Won't Last Forever, which mm -hmm. is a Bill of Bounty cover. Yep. I can't believe he covered Sailing Without a Sail yes. by Bill of Bounty. Yeah. Um, I don't know if Let This Be a Lesson to You is a cover, but um, this song I came across that is more Yacht AC or just plain old AC, adult contemporary. But do you remember 
bluer than blue? I don't. Listen. But I'm bluer than blue. Sadder than sad. You're the only light this empty room has ever had. Life without you is gonna be bluer than blue. I can't believe I'm even remembering the lyrics. Yeah, it. you're singing oh, along my here. Goodness. You'll probably cut that out, but that is a buried treasure. Wow, I'll say. It's a it's a small C A C tune, but he yeah. is I I've always hear him described as a country artist, so mm-hmm. He's Yacht Country, he's Buried Treasure, and here he belongs. I would say so. Wow. What do you got for a Buried Treasure? Well, I, I talked about how some of the um, stuff has, uh, some of the yacht artists have roots in the folk area, which connects to country. So I have a Loggins and Messina song that I think is worth checking out. Ooh, and it's not a love song? Well, it's called Thinking of You from 1972. Mm. Something inside of me is taking a Something inside of me. Now you're singing along. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, well, that's not singing. But 1972, so yeah. is that a buried treasure or should that be an off-the-map, young man? Well, it's a buried treasure because it's a pre-yacht, proto-yacht, and we are definitely stretching the boundaries on this episode. <laughs> yeah, so. we are. Well, that Plus my off-the-map is further off-the-map. Yeah, my off-the-map's closer to the map, but it's, uh, it's uh, anyways, you want to go first? We need a compass to get home. <laughs> Well, I'll just, since I teed it up earlier, remember I said there's these two categories of Yacht Country? One is, like, it's a it's a song from the era that is crossed over from country into mainstream, and it just evokes all the nostalgia. That's what this is. The song was written by Burt Bacharach mm. and Bob Hilliard in 1962, so early. The Bob Hilliard? The Bob Hilliard. <laughs> yes. I don't know who that I is. Don't <laughs> <laughs> so it's got to be. I don't know who recorded it prior, but... It was recorded in 1982 on an album called Inside by an artist named Ronnie Millsap. Ah. And the song is Any Day Now. Any day now. I will hear you say goodbye, my love. And you'll be on your That's my, uh, one of my favorite Millsap tunes. I remember, yeah. man, when that song came out, I'm like, maybe I do like country. This I is know. cool. Yeah. He confused a lot of people back then. He did. Yep. Cool. Um, that's well, that's a great pick. I love that. Again, that could have been a buried treasure too, but it's uh, yeah too far off the map from yacht. Well, my off the map is, it's actually one I do also want to ask your opinion on it. Uh, as it relates to sort of the float your boat question. But the way this connects to country is it's a Don Henley tune. Mm. Um, and he did a, he actually did a country album in 2015 called uh, Cass County. So that's how I connected that in. <laughs> okay. Anyway, that, this is not from that album. But this is uh, Don Henley, and this is called Not Enough Love in the World.
so that's my off the map. But what do you think about it being somewhat yacht country esque? It is kind of yeah. Okay, it is. Even though it's not from that country album that you mentioned, right? No, it is not. 1984. This sparks a question. Okay, we were listening to past episodes on our travels uh, recently, and we did. You know the episode where we talked about guitar solos, and you brought up a Don Henley song where the lead, the I think the inner lead was played by yes. um, Joe Walsh. Joe Walsh, and then the outro lead was played by Lukather. Correct. Educate me. That was Dirty Laundry. It was Dirty Laundry. Yeah. I thought the Eagles breakup was so nasty, but yet Joe Walsh is playing on a Don Henley solo album? Yeah, I don't think there was a problem between Joe Walsh and Don Henley. It was uh, Felder was the one that had uh, the real, real gotcha. problem with them. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. All right. Well, I think that's uh, that's a roundup, I think. Darn tootin'. Yep. So, partner John. Now you're not sidekick John. Mm, or partner. First way, partner. Um, do you know how to say howdy partner in French? Oh, shucks. <laughs> no, that's English. Oh, no, how? Ahoy, poloi. Ha, <laughs> ha,